0: Before we get started on this, I just want to know: How do you feel when somebody leaves something they helped make successful and then comes back for some sort of victory lap? Do You know, I think it's a bit of a cash grab, really. You know, mm. I think it's a bit
1: pathetic sometimes. Oh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's like trying to be a you know you've you've moved on. You, you now want to go back to being the big fish in the small pond again. Despicable. Mm.
0: Anyway, enough about David Tennant. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say. That was going to be my line. (laughs) Sam. Oh, I
2: recognize these teeth. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Last episode, I was a beautiful woman. Now I'm a man again. (laughs) Same face.
0: So, Sam, how are you? Very well, thank you, lads. How are you? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. right. Yeah. Abby couldn't be here tonight because she's currently involved in a shootout with the police.
2: Yeah, well, I have heard that this, uh, uh, it's got a bit badass, this podcast, since I was last here, you and your involvement with various criminal activities.
0: <laughs> We've got to diversify our brand, mate. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Get our fingers in those pies. <laughs> so have you both been enjoying the 60th anniversary? Do you know what I have? Yeah. Did you watch the Daleks colorization?
2: Yeah, I didn't like it. I'd could, got I couldn't finish it. Yeah, I, I watched. I did like it. Um, I've, I mean, it's, it's it's you know got got a few issues there, but some of it I thought was absolutely fantastic. I like that it felt like watching a new episode to a certain extent. Mm. But um, some of the cutting was really nice. I liked, for example, when there was the scene where Susan went off back back into the forest, and you got the cuts between them in the in the cell and her, it sort of gave it a bit of pace in quite a new series way. But I, I think 90 minutes would have been, would have been better. Um, but I, I mean, that probably wasn't their choice. They were probably totally, oh, you've got 75 minutes and mm-hmm. to cut down seven half hour episodes into 75 minutes is, is pretty hard. And, and um, I think I feel at times that whole rushing editing style, it, it got a little bit exhausting. I'd like them to have come back for some quiet moments and just to let the pace and things yeah. set themselves. Yeah. But um, so the ending felt a bit rushed. Uh, we well, like to say in the last half hour. But other than that, and the fact that the 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 music could be a little bit overbearing at times, and that some of the dialogue that's got what put me off. Actually, um, hmm. I couldn't
1: follow it, uh, even though I've seen the story. I, I found it was so jarring in certain parts of the edit. I thought the colouring was fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. visuals were great. But yeah, the music was just. I'm going to say awful. I, I'm sorry. I can't think of a more constructive word. <laughs> it was so overbearing. It didn't match uh, the tones in, in a way. I'm not saying it needed to be the old one, but it just, yeah, it definitely drowned out everything. It was a poorly mixed
2: audio, I thought, for that. Oh Well, I wondered why they didn't try and improve the actual dialogue more, because there's not a lot of music in that serial that the you only really get the dialogue of them and there's quite easy ways now to I mean in fact I've seen people do it on YouTube and do it on Twitter people have taken some of the Hartnell episodes and ran them through that Adobe Mm. AI generator which cleans up voices Mm, mm. and a lot of the the audio as it was you know a 1963 recording is quite muffled and I thought maybe there would have been an opportunity to do that the audio I think you know, because the, there's that something strange sometimes when the music sounds really, really crisp and clear and sounds like it was recorded yesterday, but the audio did sound like it was uh, exactly the same as it was on, the, you know, my old VHS version. But yeah, I'm sure that can't be helped. And I'm sure, again, with it being a BBC production and it not being the main show, they probably will work into a very shoestring budget, which was no doubt spent all on the colorization, which must have
0: taken mm. ages. It's very blue. Yeah. Ooh. Blue <laughs> blues like the prominent color throughout the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that was, was that, I,
2: I was wondering, do we know how accurate the colorization was to what they were wearing, for example, or what the set was like? Are there any color photos from them? I think there is somewhere.
1: I'm, I'm not sure. Listeners, let us know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Because as soon as I saw Barbara in pink, I was like, oh, it reminded <laughs> yeah. me of her in uh, Mel's costume. Yeah. In, um uh, in the um time of rani.
0: <laughs> all right, shall we do viewing figures? Yes.
1: Oh, yes, the the topic that uh, springs up <laughs> all the time.
0: Not that they matter anymore now with streaming and stuff like that. I, the one I really want to know is the global Disney Plus audience. That's is the that, one I want to know. Is that accessible? can we get that? No, they don't tend to give those numbers out because then they have to pay people properly.
1: <laughs> ah, very good, yeah.
0: <laughs> so Star Beast overnight got 5.08 million in the overnights, which I think is the highest one since Eva the Daleks.
2: Okay, isn't
1: it? is not it uh is that essentially a 2 million drop since Strictly ended, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, That's, yeah, but yeah. then if you compare it to I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here, that only got 4 million. And that right. used to be a juggernaut of a show. Like that would get twenty million. Mm. So but, I think Doctor Who was the third most watched program for that night. Okay, so did you say what Strictly got seven million, and then yeah, dropped. It was
2: That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the BBC
0: confirmed today that the Church on Ruby Road will broadcast Christmas Day at six pm. Ooh, another Christmas Ooh. Day on for the so, first time in a long time. Yeah, it'd be mm. good to get that again in a while. In a while. Mm. So before we get into like the nuts and bolts of this review, I would like to play you both a little clip, if I could. And this is from a previous episode that we did together. Uh-oh. Oh. It's kind of rumoured that David Tennant is going to be coming back to Doctor Who, but he's going to be coming back as a new incarnation of the Doctor, a la what Tom Baker did with the creator and Dare the Doctor. And I thought I'd just come to you both initially and ask, what did you think about this when you first heard it? Bollocks. No, that's... (laughs) Um, I I would
2: say complete and utter bollocks. (laughs) 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 Well, there you go,
0: listeners. If you want to hear opinions on this show that are wrong, you're in the right
2: place.
0: (laughs) That was from February 2022. Bloody hell. Blimey. God.
1: I mean, guess wrong, though, it is a really bonkers idea that it's happened at all. So to say bollocks seemed very legit at the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, was it Mark Donaldson from On the Time Lash? I think he wrote a piece for Screen Rant, and it was this whole article about how David Tennant would not be the 14th Doctor. <laughs> wow. So he gets that tweeted at him every single day. Hmm. I, I get it's obviously they you know I
1: think we discussed it in that same episode that uh, to bring David Tennant back to try and restore some faith in the in the show and show why it did work and why it can still work and then then it's after three specials brings in the new guy it sort of helps bring the audience back to then introduce the new guy which I thought was a really good idea. but it's a very strange thing because they've just set the, the ground at zero. You know, they've started again and said this is season one of a brand new season for anyone to jump on. But then the first <laughs> the first opening minute of it is a catch up from 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's a very strange, it's a it's very strange uh, sort of contradictory way of uh, trying to get people to jump on. Like, yeah. Part of me
2: makes this feel makes me feel like these three specials are kind of like the massive season finale of quote unquote New Who or 2000s Yeah, so I almost feel like that we. I mean, I don't know. I am sure we'll get on later in the episode mm. to what what's to come, but I wonder if we will see more of the previous, you know, five that we've had in this new generation, and whether it'll be one big kind of there'll be something will happen to end it in the same way you had mm. what happened between eighty nine and. Well, and 96 and 2005, you had like the incident, the war that kind of separated yeah. them. I wonder if something else will happen now to kickstart this season mm. one. Um but, yeah, it is It is interesting. That's why I, I was confused in the same way as you are to begin with, thinking, well, if this is a new start, a new generation, why are you just bringing everyone back? Why are you doing this? And I, I, I mean, no. The only thing I can think of is this is going to be kind of like a, a almost a journey's end again, like a, a kind of a big goodbye to the, everything that we've had since 2005 before we kick-start everything again.
1: Well, I, I feel like it's a reintroduction to it in a way. Um, but I suppose, actually, a way I've sort of rationalised in my head – was what I really liked when I watched it, uh, Star Beast, when it came on, was that I was sat with my whole family. Oh. And 15 years ago, I was, what, 17, mm. you know, still living at home. Cut forward 15 years later, I'm now uh, a dad with two kids um, and a wife, and um, we we're all sitting down to watch it. So maybe in the sense that actually it does work because it brings back the parents of new of a new generation and they say look check this out this is what i mm. used to watch and i suppose in the same way that my dad introduced doctor who to me was on uk gold oh you go watch this so i used to watch this when i was it when i was a kid when i was your age and uh i tell you william my my oldest he's he's two and he loved it. In fact, he's watched it more times than I have. The Star oh. Beast. <laughs> uh, I come home from work and found out it's been rewatched uh, about a couple of times in the day. Oh, that's brilliant! Wow. Yeah, so maybe that's the the idea. Bring them, bring back uh,
2: the the people who loved it, and then they can introduce it to new people. Oh, that's bloody beautiful, mate genuinely i think that's so lovely because because you're right and it's similar what you said there was similar to what my dad said to me in 96 when i watched the tv movie he had this little moment of going oh i used to watch this with my dad i remember it so clearly him saying it and i think what's lovely there as well is that we're all obviously of an age where you know you forget now that in the in the fandom you've got these people who they now they they trick you they look like adults (laughs) they (laughs) really do but they were born they were born in the year 2002 or the year 2003 (laughs) and it's baffling me because i I feel like if you said to me like you said your son's too if Mm. you said to me oh he was born in 2002 i'd go oh yeah that makes sense that makes absolute sense because surely everyone born in 2002 is a baby um but yeah they're all in their 20s now and everything and they don't really remember
1: Twenty one. Anyone
0: in two thousand and two would be twenty one. That's mad, isn't it? And yeah. Millie Gibson born like three weeks after they started shooting the Epperson
2: oh, series. God. God Almighty! Oh, that me feel old. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it does, but it's but it's what's lovely. There is obviously that the something I felt from watching it. Is I I I um I uh, I got back from a gig on Saturday night and I didn't. I watched it at one in the morning. I didn't get home till about midnight. And Mm. then I was like, I'll watch it tomorrow. And I went, no, I'm going to watch it tonight. And I was sort of a bit tired as it was. But as soon as it started, and as soon as Tenant was rushing around and Catherine Tate was there and, um, uh, you know, and the action started taking place, it just felt like a 2008 episode. Yeah, Just taken back to Saturday nights in 2007, 2008. It was like no time had passed. And it was just that lovely feeling of going back. And what I love there, what you were saying, Chris, is that, you know, you got that same feeling, but there's a difference now. And that is that when you
0: were there, you were a teenager living at home and now you're a parent of yeah. two.
2: It's amazing.
0: Mm. So there are some reasons why they brought Tennant back. Uh, Shooter Gatwood just wasn't available. So he had three weeks between finishing Barbie and starting the last series of Sex Education. So he's only going to be in like one or two scenes for these three specials. So RTD had a problem because Jodie Whittaker was out on a contract and four months pregnant, when she would have been shooting this, if, if she had agreed mm. to be in it, so that would have been an issue. Plus, okay, so you do you not have a sixtieth anniversary, and then you just start fresh when shoot is free, or do you bring back the most popular actor in the role of the modern age, mm. and you make him a new incarnation of the doctor? I think
1: it landed in his lap really because it yeah. did all. It became came from the lockdown watch along that Emily Cook arranged. Yeah, the fact that. Uh, Tate, Tennant, and Davis were doing their doing their tweeting along with it. And afterwards she said, Wasn't that so good? Wouldn't it be nice to do another one? And then they decided, Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Why yeah. not? So it all landed well in in RTD's life. Do you know that's something I actually quite enjoy and I'll probably bring that up later? Uh is that Russ Salty David? I don't think he's the god of television. I've never thought it. I'll never believe it. <laughs> um, I never. I don't think the ground he walks on and the scripts he writes are the tomes of the gods descended to us and performed on television. I believe that actually that belongs to Pip and Jane Baker. <laughs> 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 but uh, I will say he knows how to use his assets. Mm and these uh and I'll come back to that point later. He is one of the strongest producers I think the
0: show's ever had.
1: I think he's just got a mind that he, he knows what he can work with and mm. and he'll then go he'll click it in his head and something else happen, you know, it something else makes sense But he works with what he's got and it, yeah. I'll come back to that when we discuss the episode
0: more. What we should mention, Chris, is you were in Big Finish's adaptation of the Star Wars. Yeah, I was <laughs> indeed, yes. You voiced one of those soldiers. Yeah, and so
1: much so that on the, I think it's the Tardis Wiki thing, I'm credited as the other voice actor for Sarge, uh, for Constable Wow
0: Well, that's brilliant! <laughs> there which which go. I
1: came across, I was like, "Why have you credited me?" <laughs> <laughs> There's only like thirty of you listened to it, I'm sure, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but uh,
0: no, it's uh, it's been it was quite nice, quite nice to see that. Very surprising. Had both of you read the original comic? I've not read it. No. No, I've only heard the
1: one uh, Chris has done. I've heard the big finish. I only found out it was a comic before when I got cast in the one. (laughs) (laughs) I looked up the images and went, okay,
0: I don't know what this is. (laughs) This is who I'm playing. No idea. Okay. Before we get too into it, we did get some feedback from a woman named Bethany, who is a trans woman. And she raises some points that I think are very interesting that maybe we could discuss about this. Mm -hmm. As a trans woman, this episode really rubs me the wrong way. It's like a backward step for the whole trans community, pushing us back a good 10 years. You know, the gay community won people over by showing they're just like everyone else, no different from their straight counterparts. But this episode, it's like they want everyone to think that being trans is a magical thing, like we're some kind of superior beings ushering in a new age of enlightenment it sends entirely the wrong message. And let's talk about Rose's backstory. The fact that her being trans is because something her mum did? Seriously? That's dangerous territory. I came out in 2009, and for the past 13 years, I've been trying to convince my mum it had nothing to do with her past choices. When I first told her, she thought it was because she smoked a lot of weed in the 70s. So to have Rose's entire reason tied to Donna becoming the Dr. Donna is just infuriating. Why not make Rose have the powers because she's Donna's child? That would have worked. And the whole line about not understanding it because you're male, what the fuck was that? I appreciate Russell's effort for trans representation, but it's a B plus for effort and an F for execution. Chibnall might be accused of having the subtlety of a sledgehammer, but RTD has the subtlety of a wrecking ball. Trans representation is needed, but this isn't the way to do it.
1: Hmm. That's a very interesting take. I don't, you know, we're we're not qualified to talk on it, but, you know, represent. Do you know, I I didn't actually think it was handled too badly in some areas. Like the one scene that was really picked apart, uh, people said, why have they got a dead naming scene? For those who don't know what dead naming is, it's using the name that they went by in their previous gender. Um if and uh do you know that that scene actually kind of resonated with me I guess. Yeah. Um mainly because it was, you know, you felt that when d- so natural how Donna just went and said, are they so mm. and so's boys? You know, it was I like, oh, fucking have them You know, that sort of yeah. you know that sort of thing. Immediately felt actually cruel and horrible that i yeah. you know i sympathized and I, I i can't say i relate to trans people because i'm i'm not trans and i oh. you know i'm a is it cis i don't know what it, what it is um i can't relate as such but that you know it made me feel really sorry for for that sort of thing and, and i think that's the message that it that scene sent but of course it could be a very sensitive thing to insensitive thing for some
0: trans people but uh, so i can't really oh it's a very difficult one to really comment on i would say that the fact you felt you had to explain what dead name in means means the scene had to be there because they had to show the wider audience
2: that wouldn't know yeah I i think it was a it was a very good scene as well That and it felt it felt almost i wouldn't say natural to the thing but it it
1: didn't feel like a let's stop and remind everyone this person is trans it just threw in a scene that made you feel for her yeah you know and uh, and sort of showed I think Russell T Davis said it in an interview thing that he believes that you can't show trans people without showing the transphobia that they have but um and I suppose in that that seems to be the biggest complaint people have been having is that why make a thing about it at all and I in a way I can kind of understand that in the same way like people used to say well why have you made him so flamboyantly gay why can't he just be gay and not have to announce it <laughs> you know that weird mentality you know and then there it comes under the definition what 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 part does it become announcing it is it uh, them being just talking or is it them having to go i'm gay you know it just doesn't you know at what point it, the definition is very it's very loose when it comes to these complaints I, t- I think oh, I'll film digging a hole, really. Um, I'll, I'll cancel my Twitter now.
2: No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I think you're, you're spot on. and um, uh, Bethany, for thank thank you, Bethany. Um, and it, for me, that's raised some really interesting points that I didn't even notice. Mm. The, the fact there about mm. saying how Rose was only trans because of the Dr. Jonathan. Yeah, I didn't understand that bit at all. Well, I haven't even noticed that till it's just been read back to me. And I've, now it's made me go, oh, God, actually... Said in that context, and right. from a trans person mm. as well, that has maybe gone. Oh God, actually, yeah, you know, that, that that is quite a quite a thing. Saying that this character is only trans, not from, you know, because of the Doctor Donna thing. I, yeah, that, that that does sit a bit. You know, for me, it's something I didn't notice. But as as Chris said, we we probably didn't notice a lot of certain things like that. But if a trans person has seen that, and others have as as well, mm. it does it does sort of make you question as well how. The when the when the series came back in two thousand and five, there was obviously a, you know a lot of gay representation. Yeah, now, Russell T. Davis is gay, and, and you know we know that people involved in that production were gay. How many people involved in this production are trans? You know, it, it's um, you know, we know Russell T. Davis very much talks from experience when it's when he does um, mm. storylines that uh, uh, you know about homosexuality, everything from Queer as Folk to It's a Sin. I do wonder where his experience of trans comes from and should there have been more care? I don't know if there was or not, but should there have been more care in production to have made sure that a Mm. more trans people were involved in the writing or involved in the production? Well, he did actually ask them. I think he,
1: if listen, it's in that the doctor who podcast that they've got the BBC one. Mm. Um, He actually asked that question to the uh, presenter whose name escapes me. I I didn't, I've, never seen her before she's trans so he asked like you know was it right for me to have done that you know um so i don't think i think like we are you know when i say i feel like i'm digging a hole here i think the intention has always been to be supportive Mm. you Mm. know it just proves really i'm not countering bethany's reason there because i think she's got very very valid points as to why that may have rubbed the wrong way But I can't deny, on the to play devil's advocate a bit, like what we're, look I'm doing now is we want to understand and be supportive, but it can have its counter effect. Like I could, you know, there'd be if I I could possibly offend someone now by saying what I'm saying, and I'm not intending to. But you know, it's so I I don't believe there's a malice in there, but I do kind of agree with that whole binary, non-binary bit at the end that bit didn't make an ounce of sense to me as such. It felt like, yeah, she's only, (laughs) she's only trans because of the Dr. Donna stuff, which I think was that, that I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't think that was quite right because I thought, even I thought at that time, that can't be, that, that can't go down. Well, Uh, (laughs) that that can't go down. Well, that's sort of like saying that, um, you have to be (laughs) special with the time vortex to be trans where isn't the purpose, isn't being trans meant to be, a normal. It's meant to be normal for people. Hmm. You know, it's people want to be accepted, and not to be told, "Oh, you're that special." Yeah, and I think that's the that's the trap. It's very difficult to play. But as you say, I think maybe you should have had more of an input from the trans community, or uh, such as to how to play that.
2: Well, I mean, we've we've heard feedback already from Bethany, and I think mm. it raises some very, very, very good points there. That mm. um, yeah, it should certainly be taken on board. Um but uh, I I think well, I would say the performance of 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 Rose as a character I thought was very very good. I Oh yeah. we didn't get actually too much of her as a character. No. But, no. no. What well, a, yeah. a great performance and a lot of empathy I think from straight away and you instantly just got that's Donna's daughter. You really just just get that. Yeah. And I and I love Sylvia and her as well. Oh <laughs> yeah just love just how lovely was that and and then there was that lovely little line as well of when um rose goes outside to the to the shed she says do i I call her gorgeous is it sexist and there's that there was that lovely moment of being like i don't am i saying the right thing and then donna says she's gorgeous so call her gorgeous it was such a lovely moment and then like that moment was again all down to russell's writing was then sort of followed on by this lovely little joke of Donna. Mm. We got a reminder of Donna's relationship with mum where she goes, you know, you have a daughter and then they grow up and they're the most beautiful person in the world and you think how lucky I am. And Sylvia just says like, Yeah. She's like, don't you mum? Yeah. Mum, don't you? You're so you're so yeah, in yeah. love with your daughter, right? Like, oh yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. I thought Sylvia was great. I thought she was so good.
1: The moment she turned and saw him at the door, that bit yeah. just killed me. I thought that yeah. was
2: great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dare I say Great to have you back, Tennant. Great to have you back, Tate. Great new characters. Great to see more of. Um. Oh, I feel terrible. I've forgotten his name, but um, seeing more of Donna's husband as well. Oh, Sean. Yes, great, great to see more of him. But for me, Sylvia was the star of the show. Oh god, <laughs> she was yeah. fantastic. You know the 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 whole no, it's not there. You haven't seen it. That's not real. <laughs> Just yeah, slapping him yeah, yeah, when yeah. he comes in.
1: It was great. Really good fun. Uh, one line that she did say, uh, you know, there are people complaining about you know the mention of trans and non-binary and stuff, but the biggest complaint that I have with the dialogue is tuna madras i've never <laughs> felt so sick in my life i, I, I looked at uh, my wife and we both went that sounds disgusting <laughs> oh, yeah it does sound terrible yeah, tuna madras god's Ooh. sake that's vile russell you need to have a word with yourself mate that's disver- that's sick that's a hate crime in itself yeah that's that's a hate crime too all forms
2: of curry <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um what what's, what's with the with the the line was quite nice about wilf as well when we nearly got yeah. a typical i was i was like oh here we go because the one problem i had with um the 10th doctor was the kind of moments where he just monologued to the side for a bit mm. oh, here mm. we go da, 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 da. <laughs> and you'd have like 5 minutes of you know whatever and then when it, i thought oh we're having one now and it was the whole well he was old wasn't he and then she, he's not dead he's just in a care <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, are we going to get Will for tour? Do we know? Well, there's some shots Ye- filmed.
0: Yes, he's in episode three.
2: Apparently, oh, okay. Oh, that that's going mean, to be. He must be a one scene deal. I, oh. I
1: I I had a feeling that was he meant to be in more of it, but he was too ill.
0: I don't know, but he died like three weeks after they started shooting.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: So he wasn't going to make all three episodes.
2: regardless. No, no. But
0: whatever we get from him, I will be happy. Oh. I oh, think it'll be a special moment I when think, he
2: comes on
1: screen. I think there was a bit. Uh, I'm sure everyone just collectively paused and sort of held their breath when they heard that scene, didn't they? Mm. And him going, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that." You know, oh, yeah. Just, you know, we were like, "Oh, don't do this." And, I'm, and by my head. I'm going, "Oh, they actually wrote him out there." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, now I'm looking forward to that. Um, just seeing him for that one, one glimpse at least would be would be nice.
0: What do you make of Miramarglies as beep? Oh, very, great! Very, very good. good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not as much sm- swearing as you'd expect, <laughs> but uh, or oh, farting.
0: On we're going to have re-dubbing the meat.
1: Oh, I <laughs> think some people have started. They've like taken a clip <laughs> from a thing. I've seen see something on Twitter where someone just sharing like when she did like some, I don't know, some like almost like a total wipeout kind of experience, and she's going there like,
0: "Fuck it, fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did like when she's trying to make friends with the. um Oh, the, do you know what? That was such an adorable scene. But
1: because I knew meat was bad, yeah,
0: I sort of <laughs> knew this is going to twist
1: later. And about uh, that whole scene, when I was like, "Oh,
0: why won't you be
1: my friend?"
0: <laughs> you know? that was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Penny didn't know the twists, so she was kind of surprised by that. <laughs> I unfortunately ruined it for my wife because she said, What the hell is that? looking
1: at the meat, the but I said, Oh, don't trust it's evil. And it- she said, Oh, thanks a lot for ruining that. And, uh, I said, and then suddenly, but even so, the reveal was still excellent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, to hell with this! <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: great.
0: <laughs> oh. New sonic screwdriver. It's basically just the magic one now, even more so it's, than. It's, more. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah. overpowered, isn't it?
2: It makes it can make
0: fun- force fields.
2: <laughs> fun- funnily enough, I was watching because um, obviously we've we've I don't know if you've, you guys probably mentioned it before on here the uh, the the Hooniverse. All the I mean, the BBCI player has yeah. never been more. I've never been more in love with it, you know. And uh, I finally got around to watching Fury of the Deep, which um, oh yes, yeah. I'd never watched before, and I, I, funnily enough, I remember we actually did a little promo thing for it in Cardiff in early 2020, if you remember, <laughs> yes, with you Gary did, Russell. Yeah. Um, so I finally got around to watching it, and this, obviously the Sonic Screwdrivers in that, and it just it just undoes some bolts like very slowly. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> He's like,
0: I
1: think it was actually uh, just like a whistle or something, like yeah, off, off his no, it was like a a button from his coat or her coat. That he just picked up and used, yeah, <laughs> yeah and it just very slowly undoes yeah. some bolts. Like, ee- ee- and then in the war one. games, he uses it again, and it's a little silver tube. Mm. That's it. And it it just sort
2: of does that, and now it just, suddenly... it's a
1: screwdriver. It just does the yeah. screws. <laughs> and now and now he's got it making <laughs> flat ends and gr-
0: Phillips and flat.
1: You know, it, it does it all.
0: Oh god, yeah. Then the force field thing. Okay, we have got to talk about Ruth Madeley because I don't think she can act. Oh,
1: I didn't think she was too bad in this. I, I'm not a huge fan of her, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know what it is. I just I just don't enjoy her stuff now and again when I say that. Like, uh, but
2: I thought she wasn't too bad in this. Uh, I felt a little bit uncomfortable about the whole gadgets on a wheelchair, wheelchair thing. Because we've just had this thing, which um, I mean, I don't know again if you've discussed it or not. And maybe it's not for here. We just got off the back of the Children in Need special where... Russell T. Davis is talking about quite rightfully the history of disabilities and baddies, and in particular wheelchairs, um, with Davros and everything. But another trope is gadgety wheelchairs. Like yeah, I think yeah. they are used a lot for comedic effect. They're used for for cheap laughs sometimes, and they are. I actually, I just thought know someone English. who is in a wheelchair who found that quite offensive. Well, someone someone I know is in a wheelchair was like. I won't I won't say the name but they so they saw the the davros thing and were kind of like okay yeah I, I kind of get that i was I was a kid in a wheelchair I have definitely on an I've been called Davros before like in the street as a term of abuse like okay and then when this thing happened with like missiles going off he went sorry that is not empowering at all that is. You, that's often used as like a, a, a cheap gag in gadget and especially in, in gadget films. I think it's in, yeah. um, Johnny Naked English gun, Johnny and English, Johnny English, English well. yeah. yeah, you know, uh, jet, jet things on a wheelchair. And then another thing is, is that my friend who's in a wheelchair often gets asked, have you got gadgets on that thing? Have you got, have you got special buttons? Have you got this? Have you got that? And he, he says he didn't, he, he really did find that uncomfortable. And this is just coming from him. And actually, even when I saw it before, Sp- speaking to this friend of mine who was just in a whatsapp group who'd, who'd watched it not a huge fan of Doctor Who, but often tunes in was a big fan of the tenant series and watches mm. things like that just said well, you know i find it very hypocritical that they've just done this whole thing for children and then they're doing this kind of gadgety chair thing which is yeah i just was a bit like oh it's got weapons and it's got rockets and it's got that and it's got this and it's like you know don't that doesn't empower this person in a wheelchair it just makes them feel like a novelty act because she might be remembered now this character especially among kids as the woman who had guns on her wheelchair the woman who had you know and that's that's again that's that's often used in cartoons it's often used in comedy and it's i don't think i think it's quite an unfair trope and i don't i i don't think it was very good to do that especially following after his speech about children in need So there was that one bit
1: earlier where he says, don't make me the problem, just do what you need to do. And I thought, actually, that works. That that was fine. And uh, I thought, yeah, no problem. Uh, It all works. And that's actually quite, that's an empowering line. Mm, Very much. But yeah, no, uh, having gadgets on there just, it
2: it got a laugh out of me, but it shouldn't need to get a laugh out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder, was it played for comedy? Part of me felt like that was played for comedy. When she shot through the wall, I thought, yeah, Okay, so you're saying Davros shouldn't be in a chair because it's this. You now, if I'm not saying this was the case, it, it felt to me personally it was done as a bit of a gag, and I almost felt like you cannot preach what you said in Doctor Who Unleashed and then pull this gag out of your back pocket. It's 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 not not really fair, is it? And yeah, it was it, it left me feel a little bit uncomfortable. With that because I, I as i said i feel like that character of ruth who we didn't see too much of hopefully we do see some more is going to be remembered for just that and mm. therefore again you've got a disabled actress uh, playing a disabled character who will be remembered for something to do with her disability
0: yeah we touched on this last week and it was pretty much the whole episode and i told a story about how i used to be called goofy because of an overbite and stuff i don't want to repeat myself too much but i brought up the fact that goofy is a wonderful role model because he's a single dad doing all he can to, like, raise his son. But when kids were yelling that at me, I wasn't thinking, well, at least they're calling me a positive character. (laughs) (laughs) If kids are going to have, oh, have you got rocket launchers in your chair? Yeah. And then doesn't she say, we all have these? Yeah. I I don't remember that, but... Yes, she did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) she means all disabled unit personnel have this, but who knows? I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I'm I don't fire. know. It just,
2: it just, I definitely, I have heard my friend, people have gone, oh, does that, is that, you got gears on that, or oh, you've got a speed, you got a rammer, you've yeah. got a. Sure, you do 0 6 60 in about
1: two minutes, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, what, <laughs> yeah. What's
2: the horsepower on that? You know, it's <laughs> making a, yeah. a thing of that. And if you start putting gadgets on, if this becomes like a, a, like a, a thing for this character, that's disappointing, I think, because. You're right. She was solving things early doors. She was getting to the bottom of issues and the chair wasn't even mentioned until there was that, that quite empowering scene where Mm. he said, Oh, sorry about the stairs. She went like, don't make me the problem. Sort that I think that's all we needed as reference to the chair, but to to start making it a gadget and things like that, I just think, Mm. you know, that's exactly not what we want to do with disability. I think.
0: No, I agree entirely agree. I spoke to some family members who had seen this. My nephew loved it. He started watching Doctor Who under the Capaldi era and he said this is the best he's ever seen. Cool. My dad said it was okay. My son <laughs> said it was okay. My fiance really enjoyed it and my mom called it the worst piece of shit she's ever seen. <laughs> I
1: love how the, the the yeah, it's just a bizarre mix of people like uh well Liz uh said she actually really enjoyed it. I say mm. William uh, my son loves it I really enjoyed it I did have concerns I think I think just following things that Russell was said about you know representation and so forth I was expecting some big bits about you know uh Yasmin Finney uh, Rose being being trans I was expecting Quite a few sort of notes that I suppose would have angered people who are anti woke, you know that sort of yeah. silly mentality. I thought it was going to be sort of things like that just to piss people off, you know, because you can do. Um, and you know, if they were pissed off, to be honest, I I don't like it sometimes when they when like in Chippenham area, then they force they do add some very very blunt things. To sort of show they're being diverse, I think I find the pro the one thing I've always thought about people who are trying to be progressive is that they are very counterproductive when they have to explain how when and what they're doing. It's like filming yourself donate money, give money to a homeless person. It's like an empty thing that's just showing that you're looking like you're you, you like you trying to show for face value. This is what you're doing um, to be progressive. And uh, so I was worried it was going to go down so much in a way that I thought even I would go. It's a bit on the nose that. But you know what? It, I didn't think it as it was as bad, and it. And there were mentions, yes, but I found that the episode was so enjoyable it quickly passed you by. If you're not a hundred percent behind, you know, you're not of the, the ilk to to lap up moments like that. You could easily just forget about it and move on. And that's the story was entertaining. I think with was the whole of the Jodie Whittaker's area was that it was so boring that when you had these sort of in-your-face moments like, make sure you do recycling or else this will be earth, <laughs> you know, mm. and all these other little messages that are just slammed in your face, you might as well have the caption card come up at the end saying, uh, make sure to check your bin days and stuff like that. It <laughs> will. It, it, I found that with this, this it felt more natural. I, th- I don't think all the lines felt natural, but I certainly could move past it, even if... Uh, and I, I don't know why people are dwelling on these little sentences and just complaining about it and say this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Because the rest of it, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. It was a good adventure. Do you know It felt like a film version of the whole of the Tenant era. Mm. And I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and for the bits that I didn't like, I could... I, it was inconsequential by the time the next second happened and you know, why dwell on the little bits that you just don't understand. Like I don't like sometimes when they put pop pop culture references in things, they do it to try and seem relevant, but you're like, why did you just mention Donald Trump in this Capaldi? You know, it's just kind Mm. of, you don't need it. You kind of, you don't, I don't, I roll my eyes when anyone ever mentions COVID in a, in a film or TV because I always, it brings me back to where I am and sort of feels a bit like, yeah, yeah you know you don't need that you want that's a bit of an escapism so it has that sort of mentality to me when i watch it when i watch that
0: so chris you mentioned how good it looked there mm. visual effects budget for this one episode weighted mm. to what they used to have for 14 episodes when rtd was first in charge wow <laughs> that's
2: outstanding have you seen that meme someone's made from Voyage of the Voyage of the Damned when um it's uh Clive Swift's character and Head. the Doctor <laughs> says they put like the Disney logo on the tenth doctor's face and they put the BBC on Clive Swift's face and then <laughs> it's the doctor going, There you go, as Disney, and then Clive Swift as the BBC goes, "But." I've got money. <laughs> I've, I, I've got money. <laughs> <laughs> that just cracked me up. I just thought that is a brilliant thing, isn't it? It's the BBC go, wow, look all this money we've got to make Doctor Who. Um, yeah, that really made me laugh. Really looked fantastic. Yeah. Hmm. Was it the best uh, episode ever? No. Was it the best story ever? No. But I really, really enjoyed it. I think, it, again, it looked fantastic.
1: It's like those, it's sort of like uh, where Marvel goes wrong at the moment is that most people are still expecting a massive epic of a serious Mm. nature. Mm. They forget that you can just have fun. Yeah. And that, that was, that's the key word. Fun. Fun is the key is the thing. It's like, like Power of the Doctor, I mean, that was a fun story. The story is absolute rubbish, but you had fun mm. by the end of it, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's a, and that's where it differs from some of the previous ones, where they're some of them like even Capaldi's ones felt like they were just prose, you know, trying to make a point. And but then you come across a really
2: good fun one, and that'd be the one that sticks with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think with with Jodie's era, I, I only I rewatched that one the most. Power of the Doctor. Mm. Um, because I, I, it was just fun, and it was you know there's lots of bits in there. I, I did like the woman who fell to earth. I enjoyed that one. I think I rewatched that one once. But the rest of the series, I, I, for me personally, I, I just sort of feel like, well, I know what happens. that was fine. Even the ones I thought were quite good, I just feel like I've, I've, I've done that. And mm. some of them were very powerful. It's, it's a bit like for me, I I, I I respect to know how um good the episode is. Uh, oh God, I've forgotten its name now. Um, heaven sent. You know, I know how good Heaven Sent is. That is the one I'm thinking of, isn't it? I got them mixed up, those that two hand Heaven Scent's the better one. The one where yes, he's on, the one where he's on his own. When he's on his own. You see, I, I, I know that was a masterpiece. It was it was original and it was a real acting masterclass from Capaldi, but I probably wouldn't rewatch it. I probably just think yeah. uh, now I know what happens. I, I kind of feel like that was a some episodes are like just a, a one off adventure. Like you, you are taking yeah. and go. Where's this going? to Oh, I'm there now. Great. And and part of the the excitement of that episode was to get to the end and realize what the twist was. bit like I suppose with Inside Number Nine, some episodes I could watch a million yeah. times. Some of them I could never watch again. But mm. uh, with with this one, Star Beast, I, I probably will whack it on again because it was just really good fun. And yeah, yeah. I'd re- say sense. Williams rewatched it about five
1: times, but more than more than me. <laughs> I think I managed to get a second viewing
0: in. But uh, yeah. But it, I think one thing I have noticed is people are already comparing this to the 50th anniversary. And you shouldn't do that yet because this is episode one of a trilogy. Yeah. And if this is the worst episode that of the trilogy, we are really in for a treat. Yeah, 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 definitely.
2: Mm. And one mm. thing
0: Russell T. Davis does very well is he writes characters. I can tell you exactly who Rose is from mm. this one special. But like a whole series, like a whole mini series and specials of Dan, I can't tell you anything. But he's a scouser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same yeah.
2: with Ryan. I mean, I know yeah. definitely more about Rose yeah. than I do Ryan.
1: Even Yaz, to be honest, in a sense, I don't really know much. Can't remember much about her. She used to be an officer at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: No, I th- I think Starbeast. There was a huge uh, weight on its shoulders, I think, because you've got so many people who watch Tenant tuning back in. Is this going to be as good as them? Then you've got the other heavy shoulders of, is this, is this a good 60th? Which, of course, as you say, is going to be a part of it. It's a three-parter anyway. Mm. And also is the big return of the god from above, which I never do not agree with, Russell T. Davis, the, the showrunner who descends from uh, Olympus itself. <laughs> to to bless us, he doesn't write stories. He blesses us with his uh, t- with his tales of of intrigue and fantasy.
0: Well, Chris, you say he's not a god, but I've heard you can regularly find him in heaven. Ah, ah. very, very good.
2: good, very good, very good. And, and again, you know, you're right. You can't compare it to no. the fiftieth. You can't compare it to the thirtieth because the thirtieth is the best. Oh, shut
1: Ew. up. <laughs> I knew there was something I didn't miss about you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. It's great. And everyone is still waiting for the Sam Michael edit which is coming there's a sound. michael edit coming i've got 30 years of eastenders to edit together with that i've also got bonnie langford and various other cast members of doctor who have appeared in the series you get it together and you've got a masterpiece on your hands all i need now is (laughs) i need now is to convince paul mcgann to break into the set of eastenders for me i've got 27 scenes i need to film with him and if Matt Smith's available, I can work him in there as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I've got an edit for you. It's coming. For the 70th anniversary, I will have the Sam Michael edit of Dimensions in Time. Bloody hell. Will there be a novelization? I, I'd love to work on the novelization, yes. I did start on the novelization, which was – it started very dramatically of, of – of, of, do you know what I'm not going to I'm not even going to say because I think that was probably at some point in lockdown where I was at my lowest and I realized I was literally writing out a novelized
0: version of Dimensions in Time that no one was ever going to read. All right. So, shall we rate the Star Beast? Yeah. All right.
2: Out of 10, seven. Oh, I'll, go, I'll go eight. I'll give it an extra point just for the, the extra bit of nostalgia and fun. Yeah, I'd say it's a solid seven out of 10 for
0: me.
1: Seven's what I usually go by we like to know is something worth watching on IMDb anything sit, sit, you know you look at it and everyone's got to be like that they? they go cool five <laughs> uh, you know and usually that's a case of that's usually one that you like as well and then you go why is that a five? <laughs> Six you like cool could be hit or miss seven you're pretty sh- you're pretty confident it's gone down well with people eight and above means it's superb <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just glad there's more coming out for when we do our negative reviews of Doctor Who, because we were repeating ourselves a lot. Yeah, but we're only going to have three to pick from. <laughs> yeah, but next series as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's it's amazing to think that Russell T. Davis is essentially two years ahead of himself. Yeah, it's true. God. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Doctor Who has never had a brighter future. And I've seen a lot of YouTube channels saying it's dead. Fucking, they've been saying it's dead since 2005.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there's anything you can count on, it's fans who insist the show is dead and they're never going to watch again to continue watching and keeping it alive.
0: <laughs> so, old oh, Sam, let's get your predictions. Do you think we're going to see any older Doctors pop up? Uh, yes, I would like to see
2: Richard... I've got his name. might E-Grow. be Derek. Oh. Derek Burton. No, I'd like to see the guy who claimed he was going to be the new Doctor Who to get a, a free car. <laughs> in 1989, do you know who I mean? No, no. do you not know? Ah, oh, oh, if you've got the old, actually, it might be on season twenty, uh, season twenty-six box set. So there was a guy. I, I normally and I missed out this year. I normally tweet it every year on the anniversary <laughs> of Doctor who. There was this guy. Uh, what was his name? I don't even think he was like a proper actor, but he claimed that in 1989 or 1990, he was approached by the BBC or some company to make new doctor who series and <laughs> he he'd like he, he's blatantly like a lie. this guy's a fantasist but he was interviewed for for like the blu-ray and the dvd and he claims that he went off and he shot a like a pilot for doctor who and it was all secret it was all secretly filmed he filmed a pilot with these two kids who were his companions yeah um and it was all filmed he was going to be the next doctor who and he got given a free car for a local de- dealership, and he was driving around in the in a car that was like such and such, you know, Brentford Motors. And then it was like, with this is this is such and such's car, the new Doctor Who. There's a picture of him <laughs> stood next to it like that, and uh, yeah, he claimed he was going to be the new. doctor. He was going around town, and it was in the like local paper. He's going to be the new Doctor Who, and then everyone was like what's happening? And he's like, wow, uh, they decided not to go ahead with it. Like, oh, right. Okay. And he's like, secret, secret. And he says they were all filmed, but then they had to destroy the recordings or something. Uh, This guy is genuinely, genuinely real. Um,
0: he's, he's nuts. That's incredible. All right. So I think we will wrap this up right now. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Will you please come back next week? Yeah. Love to love to. Hopefully, Abby's finished her police shootout, and she'll be able to join us again.
2: (laughs) it would be nice to meet Abby, who I, I, uh, from seeing on Twitter, she is a uh, a fellow supporter of Dimensions in Time. Well, you can hash
0: this out next week.
2: Yes, we will.
0: And Sam, have you got any gigs coming up that our listeners should know about?
2: I am going to be in Sirencester, which I think is in Gloucestershire, on the 14th of December. I'm going to be in Reading on the 19th of December and I'm going to be in Chippenham on the 21st of December and I'm going to be in London, I think. Ooh. No, I'm not in London anymore. That's in January. So we'll leave that for there. Um, but yeah, if you, you can find me uh, here, there and everywhere. And follow me, please, on the socials, Sam Michael Comedy on Instagram and TikTok. That's Sam Michael Comedy, if yeah, you fancy that. Good.
0: And Chris, did your Patrick Trouton fan film go out yet? It has, yeah. Oh, I want to watch that. It's, it's do you know what? It's
1: not bad actually. I was, uh, uh, no, it's, it's very good. Um, I'm only in it very briefly. I just, I, I'm not in much of it, but it's because originally they were going to do AI for the face, mm. um, and it was shot that way, so it was quite limited appearance anyway because they were going to use AI. Um, and then I think they then they changed their minds in the last sort of minute before the trailer went up and thought actually i think the, there might be a backlash to this and insensitivity of using a dead man's face oh. on the you know ai so they went uh, just use it and he says you're good on it you're good without it i said like, are, you, are you sure <laughs> <laughs> I, I look like fat Pat, mate it looks terrible you know i just uh i i feel cringeworthy uh just well, i think it looks good i've seen uh stills of it i think it looks really really good i think they've done quite well with it. Um Apparently, I'm alright in it. Um, I've got quite a few lovely comments. It was just really nice to do that. They sourced the costume and everything. It's just a shame I think afterwards he did say, "Do you know what? it's so annoying that we decided to bother with AI because
2: we could have used you more." Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. look, mm. Richard H- Richard Handel didn't look like um, William Hartnold. Mm. and you know David Bradley doesn't really look like. No, I mean, really, he didn't even sound much like him. The the only time I feel like he actually got the impression right was in Power of the Doctor because he was a lot more, mm. yeah. quiet. You know, stuttered a bit more. Hmm? Yeah. Know, whereas yeah, in, yeah. Power, in um, twice upon a time he's he talks quite quickly, which which uh, Hartnell never did. Um, and I mean, you think you look a lot better as Patrick Trouton than um, Reece Shearsmith does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone, they should have if they should have put anyone into the new version of that, they should, they should have cut you into it. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs>
0: All right, and on that note, good night.